Hey everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Design Experience. Today we have a new guest in the studio, our fake studio. <laughs> so welcome, Esmond, or more known as Shen in our community. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you? We're doing great. And our co-host Melvin hey. is here as well. Still here. Yeah, <laughs> still here. Okay, so um, so a little more about uh, Shen or. Um, so we he's a lead designer at uh, UYU, which is an esports team. That's a recent promotion, by the way. So congrats to that. Thank you very much. And and by the morning he switches to the to the Esmond title, and he's working uh, at Booking.com as a UX designer. Mm-hmm. So um, all right. So we actually met through esports Twitter, FGC to be exact. And you know, on the on the same note of Twitter, there's been uh, a recent rebrand that I'd actually like to talk about for a little bit. Uh, I think you know about this. Uh, the Twitter uh, like, one? Uh, yeah, the, the Pittsburgh Knights. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this one? Um, well, straight in the question about uh, Pittsburgh Knights. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to um, try and keep my opinion impartial. Um, me personally, I, I, felt it was a, I felt it was a little bit backwards purely because I don't feel there was... Uh, it felt like there were three elements that didn't work quite well together. The number one is the lion. I felt the lion had too much detail on it, so it wouldn't really work well on a small scale. Then you have the italic font, which didn't seem to, it seemed a little bit random and didn't really create that uniformity uh, for the logo. And then you have like the pointed edges with the um, with the main title. Um, I felt there was like three different elements that were combined together that somehow created this like mismatch of of a logo. It, it didn't seem to be quite uniform to me. It felt a bit uh, backwards compared to the previous logo. But that is um, purely based on my opinion. What I would like to know is, is like, what was the decisions made? Why did they decide to change the logo in that way? What What was the meaning behind the added detail to the lion? Why the italic font? It just felt that there was no reason behind it. It was just like a sudden change. Um, and I think that's what was a big shock to the audience. Um, if there was a little bit more transparency on the decisions that were made on this logo, then I think people might have been more on board. But because it was like a sudden change, people just going to measure it from you know from the aesthetic point of view rather than the logical or research point of view. So I, I'm going to be impartial and say I, I don't like it as much as the previous logo, um, but I would like to sort of see the reasonings behind why they decided to create that logo in that way. What about you, Melvin? What do you think about it? Yeah, I have to agree um, with uh, Isman, you know, like, <clears throat> first, like, because I kind of, like, forgot, and I'm, I'm looking at the logo right now, and, yeah, it's like there's a lot of uh, decisions that, yeah, even I, which I absolutely don't, I'm not part of like the esports community, you know. But when I look at it as a graphic designer, I'm like, why, you know? So um, what's very interesting, you know, is the fact that yeah, they didn't have like, let's say, like uh, an article or like a press um, 
documents, you know, explaining. Actually, I don't even think they introduced it like like in, on their social media as well. Like I didn't see oh, yeah? that. Like the the rebrand is from um, is from a post that Mason put out, which is another designer for UIU. But for their account, it's not there. It's just appeared on posts randomly. I've checked yeah. their. I've I've went down their timeline. I I don't see like an announcement post for the new rebrand. Yeah, interesting. So that's weird. Yeah, because uh, I mean, when I look at the, um, <laughs> let's say like the the spikes on the type. I think it's a nice idea, but it needs more refinement. But I think there's something here. I don't know if, because like when I look at the spikes, uh, for me they kind of wanted to uh, add more like um, a connection to the star, you know, because they move the star. But maybe they wanted to show that yeah, there's like spikes or points uh, elsewhere. Maybe that's why they did it. But yeah, I think there's lack of thoughts behind it. Yeah, basically, like they just lacked. Um, explaining the stuff you know but what about you Maraman? well look uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you guys kind of said like it was kind of a downgrade from the older one i agree with that but it's not as bad as a downgrade as of the hellraisers one uh, if you don't know what the hellraisers <laughs> one is it's like the one with the with like the eyebrows the, the just the guy it's just the like the what do they call them like the swooshes like the just two lines from great logo <laughs> they went to two lines that that's one thing I was actually surprised that a lot of people were, were kind of like hating on it on Twitter. But then when I went to Reddit, a lot of people liked it. So I was like, mm. okay, that's weird. Actually, the thing is, look, with the new one, I don't like the, the, the line. The line looks hella weird to me. I don't know. It looks weird, to be honest. Like, I prefer yes, the right. older one. But maybe there's if there's one part about the design that I like. I, I don't know. I, I feel I'm going to get, like, I'm, I'm going to get destroyed for saying this. But I kind of like the italic touch on the top. I don't know why. Okay. I just like it. <laughs> Look at that. Okay, right there. I, I, I like I like what they did with the um, the main title, you know, adding the spikes uh, into the title. And they mm -hmm. kind of incorporated that into their graphics, which I felt, um, felt kind of gave them that you that sort of unique aesthetic, you know, having this, the, like making it their own type of font, you know, their own type of graphic style. Uh, with the with the spikes and stuff is giving them that harder edge. I just uh, yeah, just I I don't quite agree with the italic font because I just didn't feel it just felt a bit out of place for me personally. It is out of yeah. place. It is out of place. Yeah. We're not gonna argue on that. It's it's, it's too busy. Yeah, that's for sure. It's too busy. Yeah, especially the icon. Like yeah, that's for sure the icon. Uh... And you know you feel like the line <laughs> is kind of uh, I don't know depressed or he wants to sleep, but you know look at his eyes. It's uh, yeah, it's like yawning. It's a yawning line. <laughs> <laughs> he's struggling out here but, <laughs> but anyways uh, on that note so um i work in the esports industry or at least that's what i like to say to myself uh esmon is a is a pro with this industry at this point and um so the esports industry is kind of like i wouldn't say weird but it's different from the other stuff it's kind of like you know this fast-paced work environment that's never stopping there's a lot of stuff happening uh, there's a lot of people in it and it's not like you know regular design industry because regular design industry there is a lot of people but you can't really uh, you know hire everyone but when esports when it comes to esports there's a lot of people working out there you don't even not a lot of people are asking for degrees or something like that so um i'll i'll i'll, I'll give as why video. do you know why? why do you guys know why no me? No, I don't know. I'm just asking. Oh, no, you're asking? Like, okay, uh, okay, yeah, okay. I don't know about the industry. So I'm okay, asking. okay, okay. So I'll I'll just give the, the steering wheel to Elsmore right now. 
lot of as a yeah as a pro like a pro of the industry uh what do you think about the nature of the esports industry uh it depends it depends what uh what 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 do you want me to answer in terms of esports there's so many different elements of esports do you want me to answer about esports and design or do you want me to talk about esports as an industry as a whole no 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 we're talking design just talking, talking design okay um yeah, yeah I, I think it, i think it's growing there's a there's definitely a massive growth in designers uh from what i've seen um you know like gaming has become like such a, a big thing hasn't it you, you know gaming used to become like it used to be like seen as oh, it's just for for nerds or or people that have no life that are no good at sports and stuff like that but gaming has now grown so big it's become like nearly everyone's hobby and that you know you can you see like musicians you see uh, musicians, artists, um, all 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 types of people going in, get, getting into streaming and getting into content creation and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, which is why I feel like the design community within within esports is, is growing because there's, there's so much content to design for. However, I do feel that there are a lot of smaller type esports organizations. Um, I've seen this happen quite a lot where smaller organizations are kind of they kind of undermine the value of design they just kind of sort of see it as like oh you know um like a not really uh i would say they kind of just see it as like just a as like an add-on to their business if you know what i mean like they don't seem to value it as much and which is why you get these really horrible contracts that you see um i'm not going to name names but i've seen some horrible contracts um from esport organizations to fellow designers um and let's say it's below minimum wage um, but like, you know, if you're going to work in within esports, then I, I definitely recommend just targeting like, you know, the lucrative, the really well-established esports organizations, not the ones that are just like a group of friends that just kind of formed a, a Fortnite team and just decide to, you know, want a logo and stuff like that. I just, I wouldn't recommend joining that type of team uh, or that e type of esports e organization. But uh, in short, I would say it's growing. It's definitely growing. Um, like all these big organizations now are really seeing the value of design. Um, you know, they're now getting designers to work on the the merch, working on the websites, working on the social, the social media, the design language, the brand tone, um, all sorts. So it's it's definitely a, gro a growing space. And you know, even even like some games you know like some big games they require graphic designers you know to help promote their products you know so like even mm -hmm. you think about all the sponsors of esports for example like g fuel astro um you know uh gt omega or uh, any of these like you know like uh, i don't know nutrition companies or um apparel companies uh, merchandise um you know all these all these type of companies need graphic designers as well so it's it's, it's really really big I, I can't. I have a question, uh, if I may, uh, about this one. Uh, do you, as a graphic designer for a team, uh, so let's, uh, your team is Uyu. Uh, so, as a graphic designer for Uyu, uh, do you, uh, for instance, uh, let's say, like, do the um, uh, the adverts for your sponsors? Uh, is it part of your tasks? Uh, adverts. Uh, when you say you have like uh, sponsors and then you do like basically you're doing a graphic design job you know so I know like in agencies sometimes we uh, do the, the adverts or the banners for the sponsors you yeah. know so is it the same for you guys? Uh, well the way we do things um, I think most of these organizations will work this way uh, most a lot of these organizations will 
heavily focus on you know their social graphics um so they mm-hmm. they heavily utilize um social media whether it be like scoreboards um keeping people up to date with their new players their new roster um they also some organizations will also allow their content creators to host events as well so you'd probably be helping content creators with their um you know with their streams with their events so you'd be designing uh you know designing for those type of things as well um there are other things like you know sponsored gear you know whether it be jerseys or whether it be merchandise for from from the esport organization as well there's like a lot of different things that we work on so we don't just work on one thing we don't just work on like uh like a social banner or something there's there's quite a lot of other things that we work on as well we work on a brand as a whole so yeah Mm -hmm. It sounds exciting though like you guys really do various various tasks you know yeah so it's a... I, I assume you guys are not bored <laughs> so we're, we're busy thing. all the time because yeah i think <laughs> i think i think what's happened is that um the pandemic has actually shifted our focus into content creation um reason being is like we used to always work on graphics on in regards to our higher level players uh whether they travel to tournaments and stuff so a lot of our graphics catered to that it'll be something like low highs attending Tekken world tour or something like that um or we'll be promoting graphics or uh, d- designing more like um more apparel for our players to wear at events and stuff like that however due to the pandemic um none of our players are able to travel so online tournaments has now become the uh, the go-to format for for events now so now we're helping um our players our content creators in order to help them run online events using their platform to you know leverage their followers leverage their you know their following um and also get more people on board into uh playing online even though a lot of people do argue that online isn't you know isn't really great uh you know some you know some games have terrible netcode no more, no more yeah. <laughs> but then it's the it's the thing that we we have to we have to go with at the moment because you know we we can't go to events so the only thing we can do is utilize what we have which is basically online and which is why we catered all our all our content to be more focused on online events than more on online content i think actually like the first thing i ever did like when i got into like design mm-hmm. scene and esports i think it was broadcasts like for uh, tournaments, yeah. online tournaments, and they were f- for DBFC or something like that. And yeah, DBFC sucks online. I'm saying that right now. That game is trash online. <laughs> 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 both? Yeah, the netcode is trash. But we can hold on. We have a whole episode about that. But anyways, I think <laughs> this is the first thing. The first thing I like I got into was like you know, it was trash design. Obviously, I was starting out, but uh, it was for like you know some tournaments like basically the scoreboards and like the waiting screens or something like that so i didn't i didn't even know that this kind of transitioned into like actual jobs like I, two days ago i was checking online jobs and stuff like that and it turns out there's something called a broadcast designer it's like a dedicated yeah. job and i was like okay hold up this is something we do actually like there's not there's not a specific label for it when it came to esports we don't really hear like uh, job offerings is like you know we're looking for broadcast designers majority of the orgs are like we're looking for a graphic designer but when they're really asking for a graphic designer basically majority of the time they're looking for a graphic designer someone who knows a little bit of motion maybe sometimes programming but i haven't heard about mm. that but you know i think there's a lot of expectations when it comes to the um, to like you know your career in esports a lot of the orgs expect a lot out of designers i don't know if this is the same for you know tier one orgs i don't want i don't work with for any 
you know, tier one org. But let's say in the Middle East, they usually, if you're a designer, you're kind of expected, you know, to, to know a little bit of motion and, you know, fiddle around with stuff. Well, I don't uh, think it's uh, cat, like, let's like focused on, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an issue first, but let's say we use the word issue. I don't think it's an issue of um, esports, you know, even right now in general, you know, like motion is becoming important, you know, in graphic design, it's a visual communication in general, you know, like motion is basically the present in a way. It's like, or like short future while like AR and VR is like the future, you know? So uh, it's a skill that we should have. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh... What do you uh, think about I do. Yourself? I do agree. Yeah, I do agree. Um, that it's good to be multidisciplinary uh, in your craft. Um, I don't know whether I'm going to put people off, but um, outside of esports, I do say graphic design jobs are slowly in decline because there are now newer roles in 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 design, whether it be UX, product design, mm-hmm. um, UI design, uh, motion designers. Stuff like that. I now feel, from what I've seen, every time uh, this is this is purely from from my personal experience. When I look in LinkedIn, I don't see very many jobs in graphic design outside of esports. Not very many. Because, but I see, I see, I see so much, so much search results for UX designers. It's it's just so big. I, I can't tell you how how big it is. Like there there seems to be more jobs than than people within UX. So I do. From what I've seen, like you know, um, graphic designers uh, is now it is it is slowly in in decline because like I, I feel like um, technology is evolving so much. So I do feel designers need to evolve themselves, you know, within in in the in the technological space as well. Um, like I think the basics of what most designers seems to seem to learn is like things like Photoshop, InDesign, and Illustrator. They're like your go-to, right? You know what I mean? And then I see yeah. a lot of designers, they seem to only focus on certain types of design, like one aspect of design, which is basically um, like branding design is a perfect example. But to get a branding job or branding brief is quite rare, to be honest with you. So like if you go into esports, if you go into any company, most likely their brand has already been defined for you. You're just going to have to follow guidelines, you know? So for you to work on a branding you know, branding exercise is going to be quite rare unless you're working for, for a new business or a new startup. But like when you're working for big orgs and stuff like that, um, or if you're working for a big company, you're going to be working with corporate guidelines rather than working on big projects like, you know, a big dream project like a, like a, like a brand or something like that. But anyways, um, what I want, what, yeah, what I want to say is about from, from graphic design and is that, yeah, it's slowly in decline from what you see in LinkedIn. I feel like it's it's become like such a niche sort of sort of job title now. I feel like a lot of people are now transitioning into wider areas of design. So whether it be a digital designer, so you're you're not only just doing graphic design, you're also working on websites, mm-hmm. or you're a product designer where you're working on graphic design, but you're also looking into product research and you know user research and stuff like that. Or you're a UI designer where you basically work on motion design and interaction design and stuff like that. So that's where I'm seeing graphic design at the moment. Graphic design is only one aspect of many other jobs. You get what I mean? So well, I, I'm not seeing any anything in terms of like product design or UX designer in esports, only graphic designers, which is kind of 
kind of strange, really. Like, so within esports, I've noticed that there's a massive growth for graphic designers. Well, outside of it is in decline. That's what I. That's what I yeah. personally noticed. Yeah. Uh, like I second you on this one. Um, yeah, because uh, I like to follow uh, Chris though. So he's like he has like the future, which is like a design community. Mm -hmm. It's rather big, and he had like a discussion on on his uh, podcast on like the future of graphic design, and that's basically what you're saying, Isman. You know, it's like right now, uh, let's say every designer. Uh, should uh, let's say uh, be multidisciplinary you know like we we have to be able to uh, cater every types of need you know but then we can in a way specialize because i do typography for instance so i know that my niche uh, as like a an, ad, an added skill will be like typography mm -hmm. where i can sell those typographic yeah. skills but then i have to know like uh, i'm doing website project i'm doing uh banners i'm doing well some like basically digital and print designs you know but uh, still like we need to do a, to know a lot of stuff that, that's for sure i have to second this especially like uh, ui ux personally i see it as a, as the future you know like like you said brands are, are like already made there's just like a few brands like a few markets that really uh, grow these days yeah. i think these days like all the cbd stuff is growing uh, there's like some other uh, markets, but most of the thing are already set up. So um, right now, like uh, most of the businesses need websites, need like online online touch uh, touch points, you know. Especially due to the pandemic, like we need, uh, restaurants need to have yeah, a website, for exactly. instance, or need to have yep. an app. Yeah. So uh, there's this shift onto like creating uh, exper or digital experiences. Uh, and that's yeah, I think that's where like let's say designers will uh, shift towards. Yeah, also. I, I definitely agree with that. It's uh, definitely something um, I feel that a lot of designers should should look into uh, and start focusing on other areas of design, not just one. Um, from what I've known, I've, I've I've spoken to a lot of esport designers. Believe it or not, you know, like I have a lot of esport designers just basically just showing me their portfolio, showing off some stuff that they've done. Um, and I can honestly say to you. A lot of the portfolios I've seen from esport designers, it's just esports, and I, I and I, I asked them like, is there a reason why your portfolio is only just esports? And they're like, it's the only area I want to work in. And I was like, mm. okay, that's interesting. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, so there's there's two ways of thinking about it, right? So I do admire people that want to just stick to esports. Yeah, they they know what they want. That is the area that they want. But then, but also, there's there's another part of me that thinks that okay, if you're just sticking to esports, don't you think you're narrowing your chances of becoming a graphic designer? You know, in other areas, do you get what I mean? Like, if you're just going to focus on one mm -hmm. area, then you know what? It's, it's it's I think I think it limits your ability to, you know, to think outside uh, your comfort zone. You know, it's that easy just to get comf comfortable in one area. But, you know, like I think um, true good designers will be able to learn how to adapt uh, outside their comfort zone. And, you know, and at the end of the day, right, a, graphic, a good graphic designer should be a problem solver more than anything. It shouldn't just be, yeah. you know, designing something just because it looks good. It visually looks appealing and it's, you're designing something just because it appeals to you. And that is something I've noticed with a lot of designers when they come show me their portfolio. So like I ask them, okay, so what came, they show me like the final outcome every single time. And in my, yeah, in so in my opinion, I'm thinking, okay, that looks great, but how did you come to that decision? 
I know like, oh, I just think it looks great. I, I like using this texture. I like this font. I'm like, okay, but why do you want to use that font? And they, they, they don't know how to answer that. Okay. Um, you know, and then I have someone that will show me a lovely banner that they've done, you know, on, on Twitter or something. And then I'll be like, okay, cool. That, that's nice. Um, so, uh, what, 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 where did you come up with the idea for that? And then they, they don't have it. They don't have that. They don't have the idea of where they got the backgrounds from. They don't know why they're using certain parts of, um, you know, certain parts of, uh, or design components, um, in that, you know, in the design, like they, they don't really have a reason why they do it because like, I, you know, every time I design something, I want to think about what it actually does. What is the purpose of what I'm designing? What am I trying to communicate? And it does feel like, um, a lot of designers seem to only put things as a decorative element rather than an actual reason. You get what I mean? I have a question then. Another question is, um, how does the, the process work as, uh, let's say, uh, well, right now we're still talking about eSport. Maybe in the, later in the podcast, in the episode, we can talk about actually like your work as, uh, at yeah. Booking. But uh, first, like uh, in eSports, um, how, how is the process? Is it like, uh, like a normal, let's say, a common graphic design process? Because you're telling me that doesn't sound like there's briefs from what you're talking to me, uh, what you're telling me right now. Briefs. Oh, we do yeah. get briefs. Yeah, we do get briefs. But like okay. um, in, uh, in UIU, we already have a defined, um, you know, set of guidelines that we work with. We have set mm -hmm. colors. We have set backgrounds. We have sort of uh, restrictions, but also we have a little bit of creative freedom as well. And as long as we stick to the same fonts, the same colors, mm -hmm. hex values, if you like, or Pantones. I don't know what you, you guys use, but Pantones, hex values. Um, as long as you use the same sort of uh, textures or backgrounds as well, as long as like you you know the um, you follow the guidelines, then you know you you create that uniformity in in your brand, right? We do have like certain events, for example, like we we have like a content creator that wants to run uh, a special event or something like a street fire event. We can have a little bit more creative freedom with that, as long as we you know mm -hmm. as long as we have some form of um, you know some form of UIU branding in there um you know not everything has to just look red black and white you know like there are some events that you know that might favor being a bit more different than individual but you know yeah exactly you know that, yeah yeah um you know like the Tekken events that we do um some of the street fight events that we do as well um you know like if we make everything red black and white and then you you can just literally just see on the uh on the twitter that everything will look the same you know what I mean? I don't mind having everything the same as long. Um, I don't mind having our corporate uh, brand being used the same way for our internal use in terms of like the UIU sort of announcements, things like that, whether it be scoreboards or whatever, whatever have you. But for special events, I think I think you know you can afford to be a bit more creative with that and do something a little bit different. You know, depending on who the content creator is as well. But to be honest, that's, that's the case of UIU or let's say more established yeah. uh, organizations. But when it comes to some other orgs, I don't know if you're going to agree with me on that, but I, I did mm -hmm. work with a couple of orgs before. And basically, they kind of like take away the whole creative, uh, the whole creative uh, freedom from you. They just tell you what to do and you have to do it. Even if you're suggesting stuff, yeah. you just push it out the way, which is kind of, it's, it's kind of, you know... Uh, disappointing if they have set guidelines but if they have set guidelines I think, then maybe i think maybe they're that's why they're pushing back but at the end of the day you're the expert you should be able to have the freedom you know to 
you know, to express yourself and to do something that you feel uh, answers the brief. The main, the main thing is like, everyone has a different opinion on design. Everyone can say, oh, I, I like this font. I want that color. I want that background or whatever. But the, 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 all it boils down to is, does it actually solve the problem? Does it actually communicate what you want it to communicate? Does it actually do what you want it to do? You know, does it actually do the job? You know, so sometimes, which is why I always feel um, that good research, good use of data, I would say, would really help as well. You know, like do your background research, do a bit, do a bit of data analysis as well in terms of like, you know, who your users are, what, where's it going to be targeted to, where is this graphic going to be used, um, who's going to see it, when are you going to see it, what time you're going to put it, you put it online. You know, all these things will factor in about how how you use your design, you know, and um, it's not just a, about, of, oh, it just looks good. And this is what I think looks good. You've got to think about the, you know, the purpose of the design as well. And, you know, the timing of it. And, you know, there's a lot of factors uh, to, to consider, I think. And I don't think a lot of people seem to com consider that very well, um, except the tier one organ orgs that seem to do that very well. But, the, you know, the, the ones that are not, you know, as well established, they, don't don't seem to really understand um, the impact of of good research and good design uh, for the audience. I have to say something. Um, nice merch. I want the bucket is... hat because I'm I'm on the website <laughs> right. I want the bucket hat. Which one? <laughs> the the one with the lines. It's like blue, white, mm -hmm. and red. Yeah, this one is cool. Because <laughs> I've been like looking for bucket hats for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Sorry to cut you guys. <laughs> now I was just like checking your merch. Um, yeah, there's consistency. Mm. Sorry. Consistency. Um, yeah, but the, do you think do you think it's um, about to, like? Yeah, I I reckon so. Yeah, it's all about solving solving the problem. I think. So we're not really pixel pushers. Yeah, I, I, that's pushers. what I don't want. Um, uh, I I judge people by their creative thinking rather than the final outcome because everyone can push pixels everyone can use photoshop or you know every creative can do some nice looking things but it's the creative thinking that actually differentiates a good designer to just a pixel pusher does that make sense so like i i judge people by the way yeah. they they come across you know like um it, it it all comes down to like how do they answer a particular brief or how do they solve a particular problem so let's say um, they've been given a problem to solve. Like, okay, let's say um, I'm going to come up with an example. Okay, we have an event coming up uh, within the next two weeks. Um, it's from this uh, content creator for Street Fighter. Go and solve it. What? What? You know, leave leave you to it. Okay. So the easiest thing for me, the easiest thing for anyone to do is just go like, oh, okay, I'm just going to grab a load of Street Fighter stuff and just plonk plonk something together. You know. But um, what I do, what I tend to uh, look out for uh, when it comes to designers in UIU is like how do they how do they come up how do they solve this particular thing um, that they're trying to do so for example let's look at let's look into the content creator what who's their audience um, what time does this person stream um, what character do they use you know uh, what what's their play style or you know look into uh, how do they engage with their audience what time what time do they like to post you know that kind of thing where where do they post do they use tiktok do they use instagram do they use 
you know, there's loads of different things. And like, you know, once you sort of like looked into that, once you know more about your content creator or the person that you're designing for, that's when you start to be able to create design that is catered to them rather than to yourself. You know what I mean? So I, I do think it's always important to ask the right questions. Uh, and I learned this from Chris Doe, right? Like, you know, Chris Doe's like, like, you know, someone I've, I've always idolized uh, from the future. Um, you know, I met I met him before. I met him. I actually went. I went to his oh, workshops. Yeah? yeah, I went to one of his workshops. So he came wow. to the UK. I went to his workshop, and uh, you know, and he came up to me, my friend, because we were like the two only Chinese people there. And then he just sort of like came over to us, like out of nowhere. Some, some, uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, and then we just we just <laughs> like, wow, we just vibing, man. You know, we just like you know, um, getting an understanding of uh, how. Um, how difficult it was to be a designer, you know, especially in Asian culture. But anyways, that's the, going outside the point. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> as, as I was saying, it's, it's about asking the right questions in, in anything, you know, like it's to understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Um, what what is it that you, what is what is it for? Who's it for? And what do you want it to do? You know, these are the key things that I I look for when it comes to good design because. You're just designing something that is purely, purely for aesthetic reason, then I don't think it's necessarily a good design, you know. So you know, I I do feel good design has good purpose and good reasoning, and um, you know, and uh, that's why uh, I transitioned into US because I feel that I feel like a, I feel like I hit a, a dead end with graphic design, and I felt like I really wanted to expand out into understanding the psychology. Uh, of users on understanding the psychology of people I'm designing for, um, and given and ma- mainly understand what is the purpose of my of my work. You know, what what is the value of my work? What am I trying to accomplish when doing this piece of work? Um, and I think that is uh, something that I I truly value, knowing that my work is actually making a difference. And um, and I think what I love about um, designing something for a client or for uh, or within UX or something, is seeing the um, you know the measurements uh, or the difference that it makes. So let's say in UX, like if I design something, then it had like I don't know, like uh, plus four percent on conversion. You know what I mean on their website or something. That makes me feel good. Like oh, I did something and it actually uh, gave them four percent on conversion. You know that made them more money. And then, but also another thing that I like is when I design something for the client or for a content creator, for instance, is how they use it. And then they're using effectively and they're able to get more users and more people on board. I measure like my designs that way rather than just how it looks, but I also measure on how it's used, when it's used, and how effective and it is for, uh, for the end user. So, you know, I think I think that's what designs uh designing should be, is is all about solving solving problems rather than just doing something that we looks yeah. good yeah and also like what you're just talking about like the matrix you know i think it's a nice way for us designers uh to see that we are like achieving uh, achieving something mm-hmm. you know uh, that's true like uh it's kind of like how we get uh, the the high in a way it's like yeah okay we got followers we got yeah conversion. yeah exactly <laughs> and, uh, and the one thing i i do feel that um that goes underappreciated is pen and paper i i live by pen and paper believe it or not um <laughs> i really do like if i if i've been given a brief i i do a lot of sketching i do i do something mm. which i call wireframing as well you know in ux so like mm. i don't want to just dive in into photoshop 
blind and then just move things around and i'm i'm going to be spending forever trying to figure you know try and fit everything in you know but while if i have it on paper i can just like move things around freely i can scribble i can write i have a better idea where things are going and i can also like see how i can get the user from point a to b on paper and then that way i can take my sketches and move it onto photoshop or move it onto sketch figma or any other design program that i need um, and that way I have a better idea of what I'm trying to achieve. Um, I do, I, I, you know, it's something I've noticed with a lot of designers that they go straight into Photoshop a lot. Yeah. I think I was kind of guilty for that when I started out. But then let's say one year before I headed into college, which is like two years from now, I started, you know, putting out stuff like like the main yeah. composition, even if it's like stick figures mm-hmm. on on paper. And it makes much more sense. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know where programs. everything will go. Then you can move things around freely. And I, I do feel like this is a, a really good. You know, it's a, it's a good thing to have. You know, to be able to sketch and to be able to put your thoughts onto paper. I, I do feel people underestimate the power of pen and paper. You know, I have to agree because uh, I'm gonna talk about Agora. I won't name names, but I'm gonna talk about Agora real quick. Because uh, uh, we um... actually, before you start, can you let him know what Agora is? Oh, you didn't tell him. Uh, or for the new listeners. <laughs> okay. <actually. laughs> so this is an advertising spot for Agora yeah, right here. And I invited him. <laughs> you know? even told him about Agora. No, what's this? I don't remember. I don't what's remember this? About I what? Did I? Yeah, so Agora is basically... Okay, uh, never mind. I told him about the, the podcast. Right now, okay. we, are, we are a student magazine. So that's why you're actually part of the podcast, because the podcast is under Agora. So Agora is basically a student magazine that I like started uh, last November. Oh, okay. And we have like content on like Instagram. We have uh, a magazine uh, that is quarterly. Right. We have we're like I'm, I'm building a website where we will have like articles, you know, like weekly articles. Oh. And um, and we have the podcast. We have a second one uh, with like two other like classmates. And um, the goal of the mag is really to. Uh, give like platforms for like students and professionals to uh, like uh, first share their work you know but also like discuss about like the ideas the experience like what can uh, what we're doing right now you right know? right okay and i i think it's it's a it's very nice because um what i notice is like there's a lot of of course of like uh magazine that do it already and uh, with like a better quality than us, you know. But uh, I think that what's nice with us is like we are targeting students, you know. And uh, right now we still have magazine, but I wanted to I want to make it a business. And I feel like uh, still like giving the the space for students and young professionals, you know, to really like have a place to share their work and share their experience, uh, is like what separates us from uh, let's say like the bigger names. Uh, yeah, that's basically Agora. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you had a question. Yeah. So, because uh, um, we're like doing, uh, let's say, uh, illustration or like artworks for like some like awareness days, usually uh, on Instagram. And uh, sometimes we had like uh, issues. Uh, well, I had an issue for like International uh, Women's Day because um, well, the timeline was short because like the the girl that used to do that that does it. Most of the time she couldn't, so I had to ask for someone else. But the process wasn't the same, you know. Like the other one actually has kind of this issue of going directly to the computer, mm-hmm. you know. Even though we did the mood board phase, 
we like selected a direction. Uh, she went straight to the computer. I'm like, hey, let's start from the beginning. Uh, show me uh, first a composition of the the artwork you want to share on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's true. Like, um, there's still this like, let's say, uh, this lack of patience in a way, of like directly go to something that looks nice, uh, without really really like working on first the why, like what you said yeah. already, but also like. The composition itself, you know, I think that the composition is more important than really the, the design itself. Because if we have a great composition, uh, the, the design will follow, basically. So yeah, pen and paper, yeah, very important, guys. Sketch, make layouts, composition is very important. <laughs> Definitely, I do agree. There's something else that I would actually want to talk about. I, I'd sure, like to sure. know your opinion on this, Asmon. So, so for the people who, don't, who are not into esports, so we're going to talk about grind culture. grind culture right here. Yeah, so grind culture is basically when in esports, some designers, let's say I'm a designer, I want to work for FaZe or I want to work for Liquid or something like that. And I start working, start putting in a lot of work that yeah. no one asked for and I just put it out there. I To this day, I don't get the idea. So uh, as a, let's say, as someone who's very established into the esports design scene, what do you think about grind? Uh, I'm trying to think uh, what what grind. I think I need a better definition of what grind culture is. Is that when does that mean like you're trying to work for free to try and get a get a, a job in esports or something, or to get attention? Or to get attention? Yeah. yeah. Oh, not, that, does that for you? Not just for That's free. For... You're 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 like seeking out a specific client, but you're not emailing them. You're not doing nothing. You're just you know, let's say I want to work for Team A, so mm -hmm. I started making graphics for Team A. Even though it's not official, it's like custom projects, but it's not like I'm putting it in my portfolio as like a mm -hmm. one study or something like that. No, 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 no. I'm just keeping on working, you know, trying to get as much attention these big orgs. Is that grind not culture, doing it though? the right way? Sounds like a, a, a lot of wasted work, <laughs> a lot of wasted time and energy. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, really. Um... The way the way I see that is is like you know it's, it's, it's what is the what do you want to gain out of it? In my in my opinion, is is what what is the end goal for you? If you design this piece of work for this for this team, is it is it you want them to notice you or to give you a shot? Is that what the end goal is? Is that why you're doing all this extra work to try and get this team to notice you? For them, yeah. For the people who do that, yeah, majority of the time. But it's the thing is, like, I sometimes I understand it when like if you're doing one project and you're putting it on your behance. Let's say you're say, you're showing how versatile you're working. But then I've noticed something over Twitter, actually. There is people putting out content every single day for, let's say, a whole year so they can get mm -hmm. a shot at a team, which is kind of... Uh, it kind reminds of me of uh, Instagram. You know, like there's this uh, trend of making yeah. posters like every day. That, it started with like bogasm and stuff and like everyone is doing it. That, right that brings me back to my point to before, right? If you're just focusing on one one organization or you're just focusing on esports, mm -hmm. then you're limiting yourself as a designer. If you're just basically just focusing on one area, you know, you, that, you'll never, if you're just going to keep doing that, um, unless you, unless... Unless you're super, super good at what you do, you you like. For example, I'm, I'm talking of okay. I'm just going to use a, an intern as an example. Okay, you just came out of uni. You want to work for an esports organization. Okay, great. That's a great ambition to have. And then you're grinding and you're basically posting loads of stuff out on Twitter to try and get noticed to get noticed. But you're not getting that uh, getting that attention that you want. Then I feel that is yeah. Again, I said, uh, again, I'm going to say it again. You're limiting yourself if you're just going to do that. If you're just trying to target just one 
esport organization, this big tier one esport organization, um, or you're just targeting esports in general, you're limiting yourself. Because as designers, you're, you're supposed to be adaptable. You're supposed to be versatile. You're not supposed to just be working in one area. All the best designers, they work in me- with many different types of clients. All the best design agencies, the world best design agencies, they work with different clients. They work for charities. They work in healthcare. They work for banks. They work um, for marketing agencies as well, marketing businesses and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of like, you think about it, a lot of businesses, the most successful businesses, if you if you, if you think about it, like Facebook, Airbnb, Booking.com, you know, they're all, you know, they're all product uh, product based type. They're the product the product based businesses uh, where designers work for the uh, work for them in house and stuff like that, which is also another good way of getting into one area. But then again, like um, as a designer, I feel if you if you just try to limit yourself into just one space into one area, which is basically let's say esports if you're just going to focus on just esports in general i don't think you'll ever get that commercial experience that you want unless you are super super good i think what's more important for designers is not waste their time creating the same can i swear on this or not i'm allowed to swear oh yeah yeah because okay okay i'm I'm, I'm gonna be it's gonna be controversial what i say i'm gonna be quite controversial i don't want to see this i think people don't want to see the same shit over and over again on twitter you know like our social banners player banners play you know like it's it's just just the same everyone just does the same shit you know um and you're not gonna get noticed that way because there's so many people that want to do the same thing that want to do esports and stuff like that yeah, it's, it's... yeah, I have a I have a point. Uh, tell me what you think, Esman. Uh, you also, Marawan's like, I think also as creatives, one of the most important thing actually, it's not even creating work. It's uh, people like you guys. You know, you met on Twitter, for instance. You know, so uh, the fact that you were saying that they are like posting stuff, but they are not trying to reach out to the it's team. Networking, networking um, is really important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So people are important. Yeah, definitely. It's not just about it's it's about diversifying yourself as well you, you know like um if it doesn't work in esports then you know what other areas of design would you like to look into I, I you know i try to branch out into many different areas so i can find out which which is the you know to try and make myself as versatile as po- possible make myself employable as possible that is my main aim mm-hmm. as a designer i don't want to just go just like stick to esports and then like oh that's the only thing that i could do you know you're limiting yourself you know like at the end of the day we all need to make money we all need to have a bread and we all need to have food on our table right do you know what i mean so like if you're just focusing on esports which esports can be really big if you if you re- if you're good enough um it's, it's i just don't i just don't believe in just trying to narrow yourself and limit limit your your capabilities you can be so much more and then at the same time it's also important to not just dish out designs, but also reach out to people, network with people, like, for example, um, like yourselves on the Discord channel, you know, like uh, rather rather than just like sending random designs out to organizations, speak to the people within the organization, speak to them, get to know them, get to know them on a personal level. You never know that maybe they will might they might want to give you a shot. They might, you know, they might like your personality and they might might want to give you an opportunity and stuff like that. But um, but then again, it's not always just about design skill either when it comes to employing designers, you know, and I think that's, that is one thing that people seem to think is like, Oh, just getting a CV and sending my, and sending a portfolio out is enough. It's not enough. That's not enough. What you need is just network with people, speak to people, get to know people in the industry, 
um, keep up with uh, design trends and you know be active and also also like take a look at yourself like what soft skills do you have as well you know do you work well in a team do you work well with let's say a developer can you work with a developer can you work well with a video editor how well do you work in uh, in a business environment you know like it's there's, there's all sorts of stuff that happens in the design world you're not just there stuck on a computer pushing pixels that's not that's not reality you know, you are working with many different types of people. You are networking with different types of people. You are working with clients. You're working with people within the business. You're working with uh, leaders, business leaders, or, you know, like all these things will make you more adaptable and a, and a better designer and a better better problem solver rather than, I, I think there's so much more than just pushing pixels as a designer and just doing the same stuff, doing the same shit. You know, like I do believe that being adaptable, um, having good soft skills, being able to network, um, being good problem solvers, there's so there's so much to do as you know, there's so many different ways of becoming a, a better designer. And you know, that they're, 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 they're just a few things that I just listed. I've I've I just don't I just don't feel it's it's right just to stick to just one area of design and I don't think it's it's right to just keep doing the same stuff over and over again. It's not gonna get you anywhere. So you know, you just gotta have a better, better look at uh, what other people are doing and how they how they get noticed. Yeah, well, you said everything, <laughs> so we don't have much to uh, to add on this one. Maybe we can like talk about a bit a bit more about uh, Booking dot com and what you do there. Uh, what you think, Marwan? Yeah, yeah. Time to sleep. Yeah, I was actually I was actually gonna transition into that. So so you you do work besides UIU, you do work for Booking dot com as a UX. Yeah, um, sure, sure. Tell us a little uh, bit more about that experience. Like, oh, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely it? different because it different? it's um it's more product based than just designing graphics. And like in UIU, I just do like social graphics and event graphics, that type of stuff. So you know, obviously, I, I use more Photoshop in UIU for UIU work, but in like in Booking dot com, I use more stuff like uh, Sketch, Figma, um, Adobe XD framer you know i use more like you know techie type programs than uh than you know than adobe um so the major differences between ux and being a graphic designer from from what i've seen anyways is that it's, it's a lot more process led than actually the final outcome so i'm going to give you a little bit about backstory of why i transitioned into ux well basically I, I, I was working at a company and i was just getting bored of doing the same stuff over and over again you know working the same guidelines working in just putting images in boxes, just changing type here and there, just changing a number or a name or changing a name of a product. I didn't really feel like I, I wasn't challenged creatively. I didn't feel challenged. I didn't feel I was adding any value to the business. I was just a number. I was just someone that was just changing. It's, it's almost like I was just doing admin work. You know what I mean? Like I was like a Photoshop admin, if you get me. And it, that's what it felt like. And I didn't feel like I, I, I could push myself any further. But then I saw an opening uh, for a UX role in, in that in that company. And I thought I'd try it out. You know, I thought I'd try it out, see how that goes. Um, because I started to see on LinkedIn, many, many companies and many tech firms, like all the, all the tech firms that I really wanted to work for, let's say like Netflix, Spotify, uh, Google, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, they were all looking for UX designers. I was like, wow, if I really want to get into one of these businesses or booking.com, let's say, I need to get into UX. I need to stop all this, like, you know, just doing all this pretty stuff, all this nice looking graphics and start looking into what UX is. And when I went to my interview in UX, I didn't have any clue in UX, to be honest with you. I had no clue, no yeah. clue, nothing, <laughs> I had nothing. I didn't know 
anything. Uh, did you bullshit yeah. for 30 minutes? Yeah, so I, I went into the interview anyways. <laughs> went into the interview anyways, feeling like I might have a shot at this because I've got some great work to show off. And then when they looked at my well, my portfolio, literally, I, I've, I've got absolutely scrutinized. I've got brutalized completely in that interview. <laughs> like, totally. I, was, I did not have any answers to what he said, uh, you know, all the questions that are firing at me, I just, I had no answers. I, and it felt like, it felt like I was in X Factor or something, and then Simon Cowell just like pressing the red buzzer over and over again. Do you know what I mean? It felt like that. I was like, oh, I'm not going to get this yeah. job. Shit. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, it's, it, it was really <laughs> funny actually, like, because it made me become more aware of like the demands of being a UX designer. So like, when he looked at my portfolio, just sort of said, okay. That's nice. How did you get to that? And I just sort of like, uh, yeah, I just uh, chose some colors. I did that logo. And I thought, and the, yeah, I thought it looks good. It's like, okay, what did your users think? I'm like, uh, I don't have the data for that. It's like, why not? And I was like, uh, it's like, okay, so is it is it really a success then? Have you not <laughs> spoken to best. your users? And I was like, well, they're using it. Like, okay, well, you know what I mean? So they're like, <laughs> all right, okay. So, all right, what made what made you come to this decision then? You know, like so they um, they gave me a task to do. So I came with the so I came up with an answer for this task that they gave me. So okay, what why why did you come up come to this decision? And I think, oh, because it looks better than the one that you gave me. Why does it look better? Why do you think it looks better? And I sort of said, uh, it just looks better. <laughs> like what? <laughs> okay. Like well, I'm going to tell you straight up, is that just an opinion or have you asked other people? Have you know like and stuff like that, you know, like okay, where where how can you validate that yours is better than better than that one? How can you validate it? Where's the evidence? And I was like shit. Shit, shit, shit. You know what I mean? So I was like I don't know what to say to that. Um and so um you know, my all my entire portfolio just literally just got ripped into you know what I mean? It just said like I don't understand. Yeah, don't understand crazy. how you got to that. I don't understand the decisions that you've made. I don't understand, you know, whether the users actually liked your work or whether it was a success. How are you measuring success? You know, how did you experiment? Who did you speak to? It just, it just like to me, they would ask me all these questions and I didn't have any answers for them. And I was like, fuck, there's no way I'm going to get the get a job in UX now because I. I clearly i don't i don't know what to do you know i mean clearly i didn't know what i was talking about in the interview but they said to me so they asked me like so why is it that you want to come into ux and then i just gave them a straight answer i just said to them look i'm not creatively challenged and i'm bored at my current role and i really want to uh you know challenge myself you know i don't care if i don't get a salary increase i don't care whether i move sideways i just want an opportunity to learn and um you know and at the moment i'm not feeling my full capabilities is feeling fulfilled I'm not um I'm not feeling satisfied with myself and I feel I can do better. Um so I would like to, you know, if, if there is an opportunity to take to take me on board, then I'll be grateful. If there isn't, then I understand. It just means I've got more learning to do. And then they were like, okay, no problem. And that was it, right? And I thought, well, did my best. That was a shit interview. I really thought I didn't get the job. But I got a call in three days so they gave me a call in three oh. days and said uh esmond can you come into the come into the um the meeting room uh, we'd like to speak to you i was like 
Okay. I think this is where they're just going to tell me uh, it, it's not going to work. You know what I mean? So I was ready. I was like, oh, they might as well get it over and done with. Do you know what I mean? So I was like going into the room thinking, oh, just, uh, you know, like just get over and done with. I got to go home. Do you know what I mean? And they were like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, I'm like, well, I didn't get a job. So, you know, I, you know, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get going now because it's like, like half four, you know, this is my home time now. So I was like ready to go home. And they're like, no, it's like, Esmond, just sit down for a minute. Sit down. Uh, I was like, okay. And they were like saying, and they just said to me, okay, Esmond, we're going to be honest with you. Your portfolio didn't really tell us much about your design thinking. It didn't really give us a lot of information on how you think. We can tell that you're very strong with UI. Um, and I think what what won it for us that we uh, is that your attitude to learn, that's not something that a lot of people uh, have. A lot of people yeah. are very mm-hmm. set in their ways. Uh, people are very opinionated, you know, like people are like uh, very precious about their design opinion. What we liked about you is that, you know, you're open to suggestions, you're open to listen, and we're very, you know, we're willing to give you uh, an opportunity um, as a junior uh, UX designer. You won't have a salary increase. You just basically just come in here into as a secondment, which means basically a work placement. So like I've been given a six-month contract uh, just to do a sideways switch in the same company in UX. So basically, okay. I did like a six-month internship, if you like, but it's called a secondment. It's basically just transferring roles uh, into another role, do you get what I mean, for just six months, then you go back to where you were. So I did that. I was like, oh, wow, okay, sure. And they say, yeah, but we're going to work you hard. You know what I mean? We're not, it's not going to be easy, and we're going to work you hard. And I'm like, bring it on. <laughs> so you know, I, after I got the job, I just did a lot of reading, a lot of studying, um, they gave me books to read, you know, uh, and I just kind of just like uh, visited like a lot of websites like, you know, like UX Planet, reading up on user research, reading up on, um, you know, experimentation, uh, UI design, looking into different programs like Sketch or whether Adobe XD and doing just just did, did a lot of research before I started my role. And then um, uh, and then let's just put it this way, like, you know, um, haven't looked back since. And after six months. Um, my graphic design department said, okay, we want Esmond back now. But my UX department said, you're not having him back. You know what I mean? He's not going anywhere. He's staying here. And I'm like, what do you want to do, Esmond? I'm like, no, I'm staying here. I'm staying here, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, and then, and then from then, like, I, I, it just, it just grew, you know, like I'd learned how to run workshops. I learned stakeholder management. I learned how to manage teams, product teams. Um, I learned how to uh, create think of things holistically that which what what that means is think of things like a, an entire product rather than one area i think a lot of designers mm-hmm. tend to think about one thing like okay we're just going to do a social graphic but the way ux designers think is like they think about the entire product they think about what does how the let's say let's say a graphic designer they'll look at like oh okay they'll design a splash page for an app for instance the ux designer thinks about the entire app how do the user get from A to B? What the login page looks like? What does the checkout page looks like? You know what I mean? What does the gallery page look like? Uh, what does the email confirmation journeys look like? You know what I mean? They think about everything. It's holistic. Um, and that's what got me into UX. It's like thinking of a problem as a wider problem, not just one isolated problem. Does that make sense? And I think I've take, sure. taken that way of thinking into my graphic design, um, which kind of made my... Um, made me stand out a little bit from other designers when it came to applying for UIU. Um, and, uh, and I think that's what the uh, CEO, Ginny, uh, from UIU saw. She saw my portfolio and it, was, it explained my process, it explained my thinking, 
and then instead she didn't question anything she sort of just understood why i made those decisions why i made those design decisions and she didn't question it but the easiest thing to do is for someone to look at design and go why do you why do you use this color why use this font everything was explained to her in the in, in my portfolio and she didn't question it whatsoever and just said i love your i love your way of thinking i want that way of thinking in uiu can you adapt that and i was like yeah i'm gonna and that's what i'm gonna do and then that's why i've been given this leadership role in uiu because they kind of want me to sort of you know train these young intern designers into thinking more holistically thinking wider than just one area um you know become problem solvers and become creative thinkers rather than just pixel pushers if that makes sense yeah, um it does well let's say as a, if i may uh as a recap you know it's like uh, just for the audience uh listen really like uh, tightly to what he's saying because i think it's like some great advice first on like how you you are you know like uh, willing to learn and this attitude of be willing to learn i think it's very important yeah, like uh, also for the, let's say, portfolio or like the process itself, like really uh, showing that there's reason, reasoning behind, you know, uh, very important. Because I had like a, a job interview a couple of, like last week or something like this. And uh, when my future like uh, team lead told me, yeah, I really like the project where you had the process, you were like explaining everything, you know, and uh, that's, she basically told me what you're just saying right now. And yeah, it's very important. So uh, guys, focus, focus on this. Yeah, definitely. It's, 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 it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Marty taking notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My one is sweating right Thanks now. My one is like, oh, shit. <laughs> I think, I think that's, um, it's really important because it's, it's not just about being talented Photoshop or any program, you know, your attitude to learning, the, the the willingness to take constructive criticism, the willingness to take on board feedback and to produce a better product, to produce better, better design uh, will really escalate you and help you level up as a designer because it helps you understand the need of the user, the need of your client and the need of the people that you're designing for. Uh, whether it be an esports organization or a business stuff like that and it's and i think yeah definitely taking on board yeah. feedback is really important and understanding the reasons why you're doing the things that you're doing and definitely it, it will help you with your networking and it will help you with your selling as well when it comes to your designs mm -hmm. um i think learning how to talk and how to communicate will elevate your design to another level purely because not everyone's just going to look at a design and think mm, okay, this is a piece of design. But if you if you know how to communicate it, if you know how to sell it and give your reasons and your backing to why your design is actually going to fulfill a need and why it has value, it will elevate you in, in, into a higher plane as a designer, but also as a creative thinker as well. So then I have another question for you. Is like, as a team leader, like, um, mm -hmm. how is uh, your experience on, like, let's say, like, building this uh, culture, you know, of, like, uh, really having thoughtfulness behind uh, the, the, let's say, design choices? Yeah. You know, like, how, how is your experience? It's, really? a, it's a challenge for me because I've, I've never really uh, led a team of really young designers before. It's, it's something that is completely new to me. Like, I'm, I'm very used to leading people in product teams in terms of, uh, like oh i lead a developer and a tester and um like in booking you know like i, I can lead a, a tester a, pro a developer 
um, or Q and A, or or business analyst, or something like that. They they all work in different fields. Do you get what I mean? So like I I can work yeah. with them. I can sort of lead them and I tell them what I need from them, or whether from you know like a data analyst or something like that. Um, and they're all within you know they're all of like uh, how can I say like equal to me? Do you get what I mean? Like no one's yeah. no one's above anyone else. Um, which is why I love working in product teams. Like everyone has a skill set to bring. It's different uh, being a leader uh, in in a design department in you know in um, you know in UIU because these designers are very young. Um, they're obviously still learning, um, and you know they are really talented. I, I give them that they are really talented. Or it's it's knowing knowing how to develop them is the challenge. I think for me. Is how do I develop them into you know, create? Uh, how do I develop them in, in in ways of not just being a better designer, but in a ways of becoming better creative thinkers? That is a, that is a big challenge of mine. And uh, in a way, the way I think is, I'm I'm going to throw them into the deep end. I'm going to throw them into the sharks because that's the best way to learn. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, so rather than me just giving them like a scoreboard to change, okay, change the number on a scoreboard. They're not going to learn anything doing that. Do you know what I mean? You know, like oh, yeah. uh, oh, uh, change, uh, just change a, a name on this on this uh, player banner and the character. They're not going to learn anything doing that. So I'm gonna. The only way for me to really understand their strengths and weaknesses is if I give them a real design challenge. That way, I can mm. see how they think, um, how they go through their process, and how they're able to reach the final outcome. Once I know these things then I can determine what their strengths and weaknesses are. Then I know what kind of briefs I could give them. Oh, this person's really strong with uh, uh, brand guidelines. I'm going to give them something more brand-led. Oh, this person's really good with FGC-related content. I'm going to give them more FGC-related content. Oh, this person's really passionate about uh, first-person shooters. I'm going to utilize that. Mm. There's also understanding how to utilize their strengths not only just recognizing their weaknesses, because the, the easiest thing to do is like, oh, you know, oh, you're no good at this and this and this. That's no, that's no way to develop someone. You know, e- each and every one of them have their strengths, and I'm going to do my best to utilize them uh, with their strengths. And then I think that way, um, you'll make them feel more valued. It'll make them feel more comfortable because they're working on something that they're familiar with and they're working up to their strengths. But also allows them to develop better. Uh, as designers, um, but also people that are working within business. So these are the things that I'm trying to establish and trying to teach our young designers. There's, you know, no doubt they're all brilliant at Photoshop. They're all brilliant at Illustrator, logo design and stuff like that. But I think the real challenge is, is teaching them how to work within within an organization and teaching them how to work within business and how to communicate yeah, be visual storytellers and, you know, be importantly people that are, you know, creative thinkers more than anything. So I keep, I keep using that word creative thinkers because, I, I, you know, I, 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 I really think creative thinking is, is so important. Creative, you know, it's, it's more important than just the final outcome. Sometimes the, the research and the, uh, the, the thinking is more important than the, re- uh, than the outcome. So that's something I'm trying to teach them. It's not always about the outcome. It's about how you got to that point. And good, with good reasoning, good rationale. Yeah, it's good. It's a good experience. Challenging, but it's good, and uh, it's it's helping me develop as well as a you know not only as just a designer, but also as a as a as a leader as well. Uh, I'm learning to be a leader. Um, and I posted something on Facebook, uh, not Facebook, uh, Twitter yesterday. It was like a picture of um, uh, you know, a boss and a leader showing the difference between a boss and a leader, right? So I like, basically. And there's like this heavy, this heavy pyramid. Three people are trying to pull, yeah. 
So on the boss yeah. one, the 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 boss is stood on top of the pyramid, pointing into the direction of which way the people need to pull. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the leader one is the boss is at the front of the pulling and helping the people below the pyramid pull the pyramid. Do you get what I mean? So he's doing the work yeah. with them. And that's the kind of leader I want to be. And I don't want to be just someone that's telling people what to do because that's, that's, that's not what I believe in. I believe good leadership is understanding your people, n- nurturing talent, um, understanding their strengths, and also you know working with them, understand them as people as well. Uh, and I think that's that, that these are things that you need to be uh, need to get good at to become a good leader, and it's something I'm still working on. I mean, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting there, and I'm, and I'm trying to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, a good, a good leadership or good role model uh, for these designers, and hopefully, I can uh, achieve that, and hopefully, they can learn something from me. If they learn something, if they even learn one thing from me, and they're actually able to achieve something um, from something that they learn from me, then um, that, that, that feels for me that I've done my job, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So that, 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 that's how I feel about the whole thing. It's a challenge, but um, I feel that it will, it will, I will feel satisfied if, if they actually learn something from me. And if they improve the designers, that's also something that I can take away as well. I agree. It's like for the mag, uh, well, of course, the scale is not the same, but uh, I, I'm so happy when just someone texts me, like, I have this idea, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing this. I'm like, yeah, that's it. Do it. That's how, it, yeah, it's like, in a way, it's fulfilling to have like other people doing the thing, you know, by themselves. In a way, I don't know what you think, Esman, but uh, the fact that they are like people that get the idea and that they are, in, I wouldn't say grow, growing, but they are like taking the initiative or like trying stuff. Uh, it's very fulfilling. Definitely. I agree. That's very well said. Uh, and before we end up everything, uh, actually, I wanted to speak a little bit, like for five seconds, about one of your uh, designers that is working on Tree. Shout out Alt, by the way, for inspiring this idea. So I think you saw the surprise by now. What do you think of the bold Italic Comic Sans uh, treatment to our cover? What do you think, Asma? <laughs> you ruined my fucking Friday. <laughs> <laughs> The podcast was amazing. I was, I was so close to hang up and like, uh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, I didn't want to add the rainbow. Uh, I like, I like, you know what? I like the font in the background. Yeah, you know, the, uh, the, the goth. Yeah, I really, I really like the, the, uh, the design and the back. And then, oh my God, it's totally ruined with it. I was like, I, I, had to, I had to take a second look at it. I'm like, do you actually know you just use Comic Sans there? I was like, like, oh no, it was intentional. I was like, no way. Like, oh my god. I seriously was gonna hang up. Like, you can't be serious. You know, like, I was like, surely as a good designer, you wouldn't use that font. And then I thought, oh no, he actually intentionally did it. I see. I see. <laughs> good one. Yeah, I won't lie. I won't lie. I did it also like during the first semester because we had like weekly presentations and sometimes I was just using comic songs. Oh, no. (laughs) Just to test that, like who was watching the presentation. I I couldn't even believe it. Like there's so many good businesses out there and they ruin their businesses by using comic signs in there on their shop side. Oh, boy. Like pre-pandemic, I used to go to this one cafe. I used to always go there. 
and then they rebranded their stuff they changed the interiors did everything they redid everything but the thing is like not the brand but like you know you know when cafes like put up like stuff on the walls like you know quotes or something like that and all of them were done in comic sans it's like the bold version i stopped going there fuck that i'm not going to that place ever <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry but if the owners are listening because i know the owners if they're listening right now you know you know what i'm talking about okay. it's a bit drastic so, though i'm not coming there why the fuck is there i tell you something ugly, when bro. i go to a place it's i ugly. check the menu is there's like design issues because oh actually, yeah i hooked yeah. up a lot of girlfriend <laughs> like this like they were like they never used to watch how like the menu is designed and when uh, we used to go so there's like what the fuck is it aligned like this why is it this font you know I just like talking <laughs> shit about the menu, and then after like a couple of weeks or like a few months, uh, like the girl is like, "Oh, look at the menu. There's like mistakes here, you know." And I feel like a, a dad when you see like your first son work, you know, like yeah, that's it. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, um, thank you so much, Asma. You're welcome. This, uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Great conversation. Personally, it's been beneficial for me. So you know. Um, peak my portfolio that i'm gonna drop later on and probably wink, wink. in a year because it's taking too much time. <laughs> that shit is taking hey, too much come time. on you, you know why hey come on you know why i'm gonna slacking because uh, yeah, you can uh, say <laughs> exactly no, send away send away I'll, I'll just give you the treatment that exactly. my old boss used to give me when i joined that interview <laughs> but trust me right I'll, I'll be honest with you that that interview changed my life i'll be honest with you it really has changed my life and it actually made me the better designer because it actually opened my way of thinking when it comes to portfolio presenting and stuff like that like if i didn't get that treatment i would have been doing the same thing over and over again or he he really made me think he really made me like think about everything that i was doing and it and it just became every time i presented portfolio it became foolproof like if anyone challenged me on my portfolio i gave them a reason why i came up with that decision they could not argue with it you know and that, that's the position that uh, any designer wants to be in. they don't want to be like uh, uh, no uh, um yeah you know, I chose that because it looked good. You That's want it, to be yeah. confident. I chose that. I made that decision because I know it's beneficial for our users. It reads better for our users or whatever. Or I don't know. Like, you know, it could be any good reason. But the fact that if you have that confidence and in, in anything that you do and you speak, you speak about that particular thing uh, with such confidence, um, it will it will definitely no one will be able to question question you. All right. So Amazing. it was very well said. And on that note, where uh, one last thing before we leave, uh, where would you? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. You can you, you can for our viewers. Where would we find Shem? Shout out. <laughs> you will be Shout able us. to find me on so... Twitter, uh, which is basically uh, UIU underline Shen. Uh, so you'll find me there on Twitter, or if you want to find me on Instagram, which I barely use, anyways. Um, you can find me at uiu dot shen and on yeah and on I haven't I, I haven't um, so uh, streamed for a long time <laughs> to be honest with you I haven't been streaming for a while the, purely because I'm, I've just been so busy with uh the design work so yeah this uh, this is what I do now just pretty much putting all my time into owning my skills in design so yeah when I get time I'll stream again yeah. all yeah. right perfect all right thank you guys for tuning in. And, uh, well, thank you we'll very much. Thanks for having me, guys. After the design experience. <laughs>